Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey, y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. Welcome back. And now we are rolling into season number two. Our special guest for today's episode is Chandra Gore. Chandra is an author and experienced entrepreneur who is the founder of multiple businesses. As a business consultant and publicist, Chandra works with entrepreneurs to help them create foundations for success through her boutique firm, Chandra Gore Consulting. She also has a production company, SCM Productions, which provides live comedic events and an upcoming comedy series, They Said What?, that will be launched strictly on Amazon. Launching the Accelerate Radio Network, an online radio station that will provide a platform for those who want to have their social commentary heard, her love for community support inspired her to create the Urban Flight Foundation to provide information to those who are seeking resources and assistance from other organizations. She is also the founder of the Greater Northern Virginia Comedy Festival. I introduce you all. Sandra Gore. Hello, Sandra. Hello. <laughs> How are wow. you this morning? I'm good this morning. That is okay. awesome. That is awesome. So, of course, we're going to get right into this interview, which should be super amazing. So, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bolstered Up. What is your definition of purpose? Purpose is what you're being called to do, you know, making sure that you're walking in that, listening to, you know, your guidance and figuring out what you would like to accomplish and what you would like to your legacy to be. Sometimes people don't walk in their purpose. And so they're, they're you know, they're kind of lost and they won't find their way until they finally accept their gifts and start um, living by it and doing things the way that they're supposed to be. Awesome. Awesome. And I always say, that no matter how many times I ask the same exact question, it gets answered differently, but everybody's ultimate answer is basically the same thing. Everybody's going to have, you know, their different tweaks of what purpose it can be, you know? But we all know what that ultimate goal that you want to do in life, what makes you wake up in the morning? Well, we know that's God, but what's that great energy that you get? What do you want to do and how do you want to fulfill that? Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what it is. I mean, because if you wake up with with nothing to you want to accomplish, then you you're kind of aimless throughout the day. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. you got to wake up except with a purpose. Like you have to see, okay, I want to do this or I have to do that, or you know, either just work a job or to work on your self goals or work on an entrepreneurial goal. You know, it's a, something to hit your you know to hit for your feet to hit the floor every morning. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So if you could use one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? One word? Um, <laughs> I'm eccentric. <laughs> like, because I don't fit into a normal, there's no cookie cutter definition for myself. I'm an, which is, I'm an introvert, but I'm a people, like, but people tend to, are drawn to me. 
which is weird. Right. Right. I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I only go to events that I have to go to. <laughs> and I do what's necessary, and I would rather be home. <laughs> like, that wow. is... Everybody's like, oh, my God, you're everywhere. You're doing so much. I'm like, I want to be home in my blanket. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, with my baby and just it. Like, that's all I want. Right. <laughs> that's basically, like, the gist of it. Like, I only leave when I have to like that's my biggest thing wow so yeah like yeah. i'm tricking that way because you you will never there's no cookie cutter definition of myself yes <laughs> we were made to be different we were made to yes. be different <laughs> oh my goodness yes i am definitely like an introvert but an extrovert at the same time it's really strange like you said like it's really weird like i i ran to be home chilling like you said by yourself chilling under the covers watching a little tv but then that's I sometimes it. rather be out mingling and mixing, networking. That's what I'm like. If I have to do it, I'll go out there. But if I don't have to do it, I won't. You have no idea how many times, like, I've looked at events and be like, you know what? I don't think I really have to go. <laughs> but if I do, let me see if I can time this right so I can be in and out and be home. Like, <laughs> I'm only working, you know, when I have to. You know what I'm saying? It, right, it, right. It's Absolutely. one of those things. <laughs> so what inspires you to do what you do today Ooh, okay so I have ADHD right so mm-hmm. that keeps me like my mind is always going but essentially what inspired me to become an entrepreneur as a consultant and a publicist what I did was I was giving I've always been a, a learner I've always been um, a sponge for knowledge and a sponge to know more so that's all I did was just read and try to find out more and how, how things work. So when people, when I launched my first business, I was baking. I did a dessert company and a catering company. Um, people were like, well, how did you get started? All that stuff. So I would, I actually studied in all, like how to, how to get started in a business in all the states, right? And then, mm-hmm. so when people would ask me, because I live, you know, the DMV is, you know, there's so many, I lived in West Virginia at the time. So okay. there was so many different laws and different ways, you know, to get around the business. So I learned so much. So people would come to me and ask me questions because back then they didn't have the internet. The internet was not a repository as it is now. Like this right. is back in the, you know, I ain't gonna say my age, but you know, you know, <laughs> I graduated in nine nine and two thousand. So you know what I'm saying? Like we mm-hmm. were it's a different so we had to call and go to different places to um to get the information that was needed. So I just kept learning. That's what started me as doing consulting, and then I accidentally became a publicist because I already wrote persuade. I always I started doing persuasive writing for marketing materials and proposals, and so mm-hmm. someone asked, "Can you draft a press release so that you know?" It's like, oh, okay, it has to be something that somebody wants to read, you know, the tagline, right. all of the other stuff, and then strategically sending it to where it would matter the most. Like that's you know, you have to look at who the person is and the audience that you want to reach. So it's like I kind of stumbled into that part. So it's like so many different things brought me to that point. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's really crazy because everything that I've walked into has connected itself and, you know, been a launching pad for different aspects. Yes. And that's kind of how it usually is. Like, you start off with one thing and then you trick me. You're like, how did I get here? You know? Yeah. Like, that's how what happened with me when I started my event planning and I was doing all types of events. And then I said, well, you know what? I like doing specific kind of events, so I'm going to just concentrate on these kind of events. 
And right. then when I started doing, you know, handling with my clients and stuff and doing graphic and I said, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to start doing graphic design. And then people started approaching <laughs> me and asking me about, you know, like, how did you start your business? And da 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 So I'm like, okay, well, now I'm a brand to achieve. So now I help people build businesses. So it's like, you know, like each little piece goes with something else that kind of almost launches something else. You know, whether Very or not you want to add it as a service to a business you already have or something separate, it just... Oh, I tell people all the time, throughout your entrepreneurial life, you'll find out so many things that you're good at, but you have to want to be able to like know then and, and get more knowledge on how you can also monetize off of that, but also understand that you have to, your, your target population or your potential client has to be able to be able to know how to receive the information that you're giving them. So it's, right. it's definitely um, interesting and it's, it's a good lane to get in. I always tell people, everybody He's not an entrepreneur, guys. Like mm-hmm. everybody does not have that mentality of an entrepreneur. But for those who do, uh, congratulations on the grind. But those who thinking about it, step out on faith, and if it works, it, it works. It's it really not for the faint of heart, <laughs> right? Like, this entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Like if I didn't have the support that, I, like now that I'm a full time entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. before I didn't have the kind of support that I have now. So I was still, you know, in corporate America, you know, doing, you know, working a, you know, a nine to five, well, a right. 24-7. Because I, you know, I used to be a corporate event planner before I, you know, I left and became a full-time entrepreneur. So before I had the support that I have now, like, I would have never, I always had to have my cushion as my job. Like, you know, it was never an option, you know what I'm saying, and not have that backup plan. You know what I'm saying? So, and it takes, it takes a lot of faith and a lot of trust, knowing, believing in yourself to actually Mm -hmm. step out and become a full-time entrepreneur. Like, it's, it's no joke. Like, if you, when you make it, you know, even if it's a part-time hustle, you have to believe in yourself. And mm-hmm. the moment you don't, then you kind of, you know, have, you Absolutely. have a late night for nothing. Right, right. Yeah, Absolutely. So can you tell us how you birthed this Greater Northern Virginia Comedy Festival? <laughs> so, okay. So the Comedy Festival came about seeing comedy world is a male-dominated industry. Like, at one point in time, like, I dip, I dip and dabble, you know, getting on the mic and telling a couple jokes and, you know, being a humorist or whatever. But um, I realized that there are no real comedy festivals founded by women. There are more now, like the Black, uh, Black Girl Kiggles and stuff like that. But there's no all-encompassing comedy festival that was founded by a Black woman. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they have the, you know, the genre for specific ones, but then, you know what I'm saying, I didn't want to do that. I don't want to be urban comedy like Tina like Tina Graham or, you know, um, she's the godmother, the godmother of urban comedy. Or, you know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to set, you know, stand alone and show that I could, you know, that a black woman could do something that's universal as well. It doesn't right. have to be, you know, it could be black girl magic, but not labeled as black girl magic. Right, you know, so my inaugural year was this year, 2019, and I just, I had to do it. It took me two years to get it all the way together. I had so many people tell me I couldn't do something like that, but I pulled it off. Five cities, five different nights, you know, amazing comics, and all of it was fully funded from, like, 2% was ticket sales. The rest of the 98% was all me. Wow. So, you know, and this is where people, you know, they the sponsorships were slow, but 
it was a great experience and I have, you know, I set the precedent that it could be done. Yes. You know, it wasn't all urban. It was a great mix of comedians. <laughs> I had comedians come all the way from California to be, you know, to want to be in the festival. Wow. Wow. I'm sure that was an amazing experience, but to also see your vision come to life was even more amazing, you know? And so we were like, you know what? I did it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I did this. I put this together. Yeah. I sat back and I, I didn't, I didn't have a team. I had some producers um, that came in in the ninth hour, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, they came in and um, helped me. I didn't have a team putting it in. I didn't have any of that. So when, when I went and made my speech the first night, that's how that felt. It felt really good because I accomplished that. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. Well, congratulations on Thank you. your first comedy festival. Mm-hmm. I'm already, like, planning next year's. As you should. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, you know what, the same model, but I want to, you know, partner with some more amazing producers. I had so many, like, people who I didn't know were watching me were watching me and said, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I, I love what you're doing. Let's let's talk. And it was a really good feeling. Wow. I'm sure it was. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. That's crazy. So, like, I still laugh about it. Uh, right, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you think about something, and you know, you, you may have wanted to do it, let's say, two years ago, but it, it just wasn't the time. So mm-hmm. you know, you had I did, two extra I take, years. I take actually um, doing the planning of it. I actually take two seasons of my comedy, uh, my comedy series, and mm-hmm. um, I'm still editing because you wanted to be right before you put it out on that platform. So I'm still Absolutely. editing those. Yeah, those two seasons or whatever, because there are comics that should be on a larger scale that have yet to get there, but I want to give them the platform. And so when that happens, it's going to be amazing. Yes, I'm excited. I'm just I'm, excited. It's crazy. So, mm-hmm. who was your role model or mentor growing up? Oh, is he still your role model mentor now? Forever. He will forever be like, he passed away. Actually, tomorrow would be um, six years. So the thirteenth would be six years. Yeah, we buried him on the thirteenth in two thousand thirteen. He has always been my he's been my cheerleader, my best friend, Mm -hmm. my mentor, the voice of reason, the chin checker. Because sometimes I will, you know, I could get to the point where you know I need to be brought down, like I need to be brought down back to earth. He was all of those things, but he was a serial entrepreneur as well. Awesome. Um, he was never defined by one thing. And he always, the one thing he instilled in me was to keep learning and always try. No matter what happens, you keep trying. You don't let failure be the end all to be all because sometimes you have to fail to get it right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so he never, he never gave me that, that feeling that if I try, you know, if I try something, I don't, and I fail, I should try again. He always he always pushed me to go past my comfort zone. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he never wanted me. He never told me that this was only one role I had to play. Like I was out cutting grass with him and stuff like that. Things that were not as feminine. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I never did those things. Like I never. He never put me in a box. And he always he always instilled in me that I can be better than I was the previous day. So yeah, he. 
he will forever be my my uh, my role model, my mentor. Yes, Dad. That's, that's that's super super amazing. You know, it's good to have someone in that intermediate circle that you can look up to, not just at your not as your father, but also on a business perspective. You know, yep. like you know, he had these traits and these qualities, and I'm sure you adapted a few, but he also probably helped you, you know, through the ropes as well. You know, he did. So, he put me through the ringer, like when. I started um I started out doing little odd jobs and stuff like that. I started doing landscaping with him. I, wa- I washed windows. I started doing my own thing. I'm like, well, Daddy, mm-hmm. you got that. I'm going to wash the windows at the restaurant. He goes, okay, because I didn't want to ha- – I didn't want him to give me an allowance. I felt like I should have – I got to earn – you know, I want to earn the money because it feels better when you earn the money than it's given to you. You know what I'm saying? You're right. not as frivolous with it if you earn it. Like, if you put that for equity into it, you won't squander it as fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, gift the money. Right. You feel like you can play with it, do whatever whatever, run down the street, throw it up in the air, all that. But if it's money that you had to break your back to get, oh, you're going to keep every dime of that. You know what I'm saying? So right. he gave me, he instilled in that. He, he showed me the difference between fun money and and hard money that you work for. Like I, And that's probably the, the greatest gift he's ever given me. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So what is your meaning of success? And what is your current big success? And it can be business-related or personal-related. My feeling of success was is seeing my family smile. That's the biggest thing for me. Like, I could tell them what I'm doing and, you know, what came, you know, and if they tell me, good job, that's success for me. I work, used to work so much that I rarely saw my family, you know, and now that I'm able to see them and show them the fruits of my labor and stuff, it makes mm-hmm. it even better. Like, you, you, when you work a job, making sure they got a roof over their head and contributing and all that kind of stuff, that's one thing. But for them to see something you're doing that you love and you're passionate about, you know what I'm saying? And then you come right. home and you show, you know what I'm saying? You show, show that and they tell you, good job, mom. Or, you know, they, uh, that is the biggest, biggest feeling of success for me. Like, it's not for anybody else. It's for my family. Like, right. to show that, you know, that I'm building a legacy for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I tell people all the time, success doesn't have to mean money. No. It can be something completely different. Like you said, just that feeling and, and seeing your family smile and now being able to spend more time with them is successful because it took an obstacle to get there. So, yeah. That's something that you can call success and you can measure it as success. I agree. It's amazing. Like, um, it's amazing to see them, you know, my kids and my family, like, say, good job. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, some people didn't believe in you, you know? You know and some people didn't think that you were going to be able to make it. And it's so funny because it's like my family is very small. You know what I'm saying? Like I have my fiance, I have my my three kids, and I have my dad, and I have my brother. Like never mm-hmm. once did they ever say anything, you know, to deter me from you know going after the things that I wanted to do. It was our people outside of my circle, outside of mm-hmm. that, that had something to say. And I'm like, y'all don't even really matter. So I don't even know why you know waste breath. You know, what I'm right. saying? So it's like I, mm-hmm. this is where I think I get I get looked at because I'm very I'm very blunt and I think I'm very blunt. I say you know what's on my mind, right? <laughs> and a lot of people are like, oh, that's mean, or you know, you're mean, or this and that. No, I'm honest. I gotta be, you know. 
you can't. I'm not gonna coddle you with a lie. I'm gonna hit you with that truth. Okay, how about that? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm like the same way. <laughs> They're like, see, you always got something to say. But I'm like, listen, if you can't handle my truth, you can't handle the world's truth. And, and it's like, I'm like, I'm just like one person out of billions of people out here. So mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, if you want me to tell you the truth, then I'm the person you need to come to. And I right. tell you that all the time. All the time. I have... um. A couple girlfriends of mine always say, oh, my gosh, Yana, I'm not going to send you this flyer for this event because I know you're going to cut it up. And I'm like, what? send it anyway. First of all, you need friends like that. You need a friend that's right. going to tell you them colors don't go together and can't nobody read that it, it is at 2 p.m. Like, you need that friend that's going to be brutally honest with you, you know, because everybody's so quick to want a team of yes people that they, you know what I'm saying, like, you're going to fall off a cliff with all these yeses. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to tell you, hey, now, you're not going to, um, this not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be honest and tell people that, you know? Right. I've lost friends or I've lost people who said they were my friends because I was honest. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 It definitely gets like that. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who have to deal with that. They have to deal with that internally, not the person that they walked away from. Yeah. And I think people people don't get that. Like, but it is what it is. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> what was your biggest challenge to get where you are today? And how did you overcome that? My biggest challenge was my fear and self-doubt and um, fear of failure and my self-doubt. So I actually had to realize that use that fear that I had of failing to focus mm-hmm. and, you know, saying to accomplish my goals. And that self-doubt, like, I have to always fly my my resume across the table to myself sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to check wow. myself sometimes because when I feel like, when you feel like you're not going to accomplish something, you feel like it's not going to work, you know what I'm saying? Showing yourself your list of accomplishments and the things that you've achieved when you didn't think that you could have will, mm-hmm. will give you a good wake-up call and give you that boost that you need sometimes. Absolutely. And, so yeah, like that's how I dealt with that fear and that self doubt, and I think that's a, that those are dream killers. And for me, you know what I'm saying, I have to remind myself, like you know, you did this, 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 and this. Why are you uh-huh. about this? This is nothing. This is this right here is a walk in the park. Look at the, you know, look at the jungle that you had to go through to go through all that. Like you could easily walk across the street and do this. So yeah, right. like you gotta sometimes chin check yourself. And give yourself that um, that extra boost so you can refocus and know what you can actually do out here. I mean, yes, I agree. <laughs> you do. You do definitely have to do a self check sometimes. You know, like you said, there's some of those times like you know you did all this stuff, but then you still doubt yourself. You still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, I, like, duh, you just did this. Like, this is like you said, this is nothing. This is small compared to maybe what you may have been comparing it to. So I'm yeah. like, trying to get. Get yourself in order, sis. Like, get yourself in order. You know, you gotta, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror. Like, you tripping? Like, you talking to yourself? Like, I mean, I know some people don't don't agree with that because they think that's kind of crazy. But sometimes you gotta look in the mirror, put and look yourself in the eye and tell yourself, get yourself together. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't make me slap you. Get it together. Yes. It's so important. It's so important because it's going to be people that don't want to say those things to you. It's going to be close mm-hmm. friends that don't want to say those things to you. So why not say it to yourself? Yep. <laughs> why not say it to yourself? Because I don't want yes. no friends around me that's not going to be able to say that to me. Like, 
listen, I need those type of friends that's not going to um I need a tribe that's gonna be real with it. I'm not I don't want yeah. a tribe that's weak minded and not gonna you know what I'm saying, always wanna see somebody, you know, in a good in a in a a low a sense of uh security. No, I need you to just shit rattle that cage a little bit so that I know right. where I'm messing up at. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't see my, I just realized that, like, as women, sometimes we surround ourselves with the same circle that's only been saying what we want to hear for so long that when somebody says the truth to us, you be getting our feelings. Like, there's no reason for that. Like, if we, everybody kept it 100 with each other, I don't think that we would have that problem. Right. You know? Yep. Everybody want to sugarcoat stuff. Mm-hmm. Not say it because they think, oh, it's going to hurt her feelings or, you know. No, I mean, and it's okay to be considerate of somebody's feelings, depending on the situation. But you don't have to lie to me. Don't lie to me. Mm-mm. That's the ultimate no-no because that makes it seem like you, you didn't care enough to not deceive me. Like, don't lie to me at all. You know what I'm saying? And that's my biggest thing. Don't even, don't do it. It's just crazy. It's crazy. It is. <laughs> what will we do? So this is one of the questions that I brought into the podcast halfway through season one, and I figured it it, it works, so I kept it. So okay. if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> if I could go back and talk to my younger self, oh, my God, stop thinking about other people's feelings and focus on yourself a little bit more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because at one, at, at one point, I just did what? would appease everybody else. You know what mm. I'm saying? I didn't want to um to ruffle no feathers. I didn't want to cause any waves and I just took it, chalk it up and that built a level of resentment, you know what I'm saying, for a lot of things. So if I could talk to my younger self, do what makes you happy, not what everybody else wants. That's a good one. That's a good one. I just was with some high school students and some college students a couple months back and mm-hmm. I was, you know, telling what facilitating a workshop on goal setting and career building. And we mentioned the whole thing about, you know, some parent had um heavy decision making with what they wanted to do. And I'm like, you know what? It usually doesn't sometimes work out too well when it goes nope. down like that. I said, so when you're living your life through the eyes of your parents, it doesn't it doesn't work because then you probably don't went to school when you probably shouldn't have went to school. Or, you know, you went to school and took up a certain thing because, you know, your dad might be a doctor or your mom might be a teacher, but you mm-hmm. might not be a teacher or a doctor. So it's, yeah, like to, to be a teacher. it's just like good to so learn yourself and learn your abilities and the things that you're good at because you may be able to, you know, build something off of it. I told them, think about all the things you were good at as a child and apply it to your now. So they were like thinking like, oh, Miss T, oh, that do kind of make sense. Oh, I like to do this. Or I I was really tech savvy. So you might want to go to school for computer science or engineering or something like that. So, you know, yeah. Just tap into what your talents are and it get a better understanding. Some like that, though. Right, it is. But it's so it's sad. Not- like, it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Like, it, I realize, like, even with me, I look back, like, I mean, this, if, if this didn't make sense, like, I would have probably saved myself a world of heartache 
kind of put myself and my wants and, you know, what I wanted to accomplish first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So I know you're busy. And mm-hmm. when you finally get that time to sit down, how do you practice self-love and self-care? I love to read. Like, I think I'm reading two two books right now at the same time. I love to read. Like, no joke. Like, I love to read. And I I, I actually went to the library. They had a dollar fill a bag, dollar sale. I went mm. crazy. I think I bought like four. Like, you fill the bags to the top. Four bags of books. And I, I'm waiting for the sale to come around again. But I love to read. It could be anything. I, I love to read. That's how normally I practice my self-care. Like, I'll get lost in a book. And that's a good way for me to reset my mind and go back and figure out something, you know, go back and have a fresh, clear mind when I work on something else because my mind has been reset. Right. Absolutely. Yes, that's so important. So important. So since you're reading and you're an active reader, could you give our listeners maybe your top three reads or what you're currently reading? Okay, boom. I'll definitely say The Warrior Code by T. Marie. That has given me 12, like, it's a motivational book. That's an awesome book okay. to read. Let me see. Um, I'm actually reading The Beautiful Creatures. It's a fantasy book. It's based in South Carolina, my home state. But it's all the things that I love. It has our ancestors in it. It, it you know, it pays. It's a good. It's a good series. There was a movie about it, you know, but the story, mm-hmm. the book is better. And then I would say anything by Eric Jerome Dickey. He okay. is one of our great fiction writers. He also did the mm-hmm. Storm comic book series. So you could pick up any one of his books and get lost in his world. Wow. Like, he that he is a great writer. Like, anything by him, you will either be, you will laugh, you'll cry, you'll get mad, and then you'll, you know what I'm saying, you'll rejoice at the end. It's, it's, it's so many different things. His writing is amazing. Um, awesome. Yeah, anything on his series, yeah. So those are my Yeah, I'm writing this damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> those... Oh man! Oh, I was just thinking about a, a holiday series that he has, Naughty or Nice, and it's about it is so good. Oh my gosh, it is so good. There's two books and um in that series, but it, it transports you into their world. It is like it's like a soap opera that you can carry with you all the time. So it's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I'm writing it down, and I hope our listeners will want to write it down so they can um check them out. Yes. So, what is one resource? that you use every single day in your life or in your business that you cannot live without? My dictionary. Yes. Shout out to the dictionary. <laughs> because sometimes we get to the point, we get complacent with the words we use. You know, we don't branch out or, you know, we don't enrich our mind by learning a different word or learning different things every single day. So I always make it a point. I subscribe to a daily word of the day from three different mm-hmm. sources. So I get three different words. And it helps me to become a better writer and a better, you know, gain a better understanding on how to communicate. So, yeah. I love it. And, like, you love the dictionary. I love the thesaurus. See, yeah, that play on words. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. All the time, especially me when I'm thinking about events for myself or events Mm -hmm. for a client or even when I'm creating a flyer. You know, I'm just like, I don't want this word to sound like this word because it sounds like something like, like, so I'm always trying to figure out, oh, what other words can I use? Yeah, wordplay is everything for me. It is it is a great way because psychology plays a big part in events and different things. 
and anything mm-hmm. you're trying to mark to somebody. So if you use words that invoke a certain feeling, then you've already won the battle right there because they're going to want to be there. They're going to absolutely going to want to know more. So you know, being you know, being a getting being abreast on how a wordplay and different different ways to say things, it, it helps people to commit your stuff to memory because I've seen your flyers. I've seen your event. Your marketing is amazing. So you. you know what I'm saying? You're a you're amazing at what you do because you tap into that that psychological barrier that people not a lot of people can get through. Mm-hmm. And it's if you commit it to your memory. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. down to your mm-hmm. email signature. Like dude, it it's it's clean. It's so it's yes. You 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 hit that sweet spot. Yeah, people don't understand that. It's all right. But you gotta connect with your audience. You know, you have to. You have to be able to connect. Yes. <sighs> but yeah, that's good, a dictionary. That was a good, good word. I said, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, Sam, when I was younger, we had two sets of encyclopedias, and they were like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, oh man. man. I said, you don't know what an encyclopedia is? Google it. <laughs> These kids don't know the struggle we had with them encyclopedias. And don't let you be in somebody's house that only got half of the collection. And y'all try to do y'all schoolwork. Oh, no. No, ma'am. No. You got to wait till you get back to school or go home to get no. Oh, my God. (laughs) They had no clue what I was talking about. No, they don't. I said something. Dewey Decimal System. And my kids looked at me like, what? I was like, you know what? Are you serious? Lord, these children. He don't oh get to heaven and have to look. They gonna have to get to heaven and get, have to use encyclopedia to find out where they need to go. They ain't gonna know where. How about it? I'm like, like before all this cool. computer stuff, we had to look stuff up like manually through a book. <laughs> okay, through a book. Down, down, no, they got it good. They definitely do. They, they definitely do. University, everything. Like we had none of that. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any upcoming events and projects? This November, I'm hosting um, the 10th anniversary, uh, uh, one of the 10th anniversary Small Business Saturday event with American Express here in Stafford. I'm speaking, I'm doing, this is my fourth year with uh, Lady Blue, speaking about domestic violence awareness. This year, my speech is tailored on how far I've come from going through domestic violence and my past relationships and stuff like that and the impact it's played on my life now and all of that. Um, I think that's it for now. I think for this year, I'll take it back okay. for the, this, these two months. That's it. That's all I have now. I okay. Think. Don't give me the line. Cool. So how can our <laughs> listeners find you on social media? I could be found on Instagram and Twitter at Secor Consult. And on Facebook at Chandra Gore, that's my all my speaker, author, moderator page. And then my, my company is Chandra Gore Consulting. And on my website, you'll have to see my Linktree account. You can follow my other businesses as well. Um, awesome. Oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot. I'm releasing volume two of my uh, Words of Chan in November. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Don't forget about that. Don't forget yeah, about it's, it. It's, it's so funny because I just... One day I just said, oh, I'm going to publish my books. Like, I've been publishing books for other people, but I never published anything for myself. So I ended up Got publishing you. two at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's another accomplishment. That's another accomplishment. Yeah. That is dope. So before we go, can you mm-hmm. give our listeners one piece of advice in regards to bossing up, not just in business, but in life? My advice on bossing up would be, 
to be authentic and be yourself because you can't elevate yourself or elevate anything else around you unless you own who you are and what you what you're trying to do. That authenticity is what will take you to that next level. Yes. That is an awesome, awesome piece of advice that anyone can use. You know, it's not it's not specific to anyone. Anybody mm-hmm. can just use that piece of advice you just gave. That's a good one. Thank you. I am so happy to have had you on this episode of per- Perfectly Bossed Up. This was great. This is actually going to be the first episode for season two. So I'm super excited. Okay. Yes, that is I'm awesome. Super, I'm excited. Yes, I'm super duper excited. You're just amazing at what you do. You know, I wish you nothing but continued success. Of course, we're always going to be connected, but of course. Um, you're going to do amazing stuff. And I hope everybody can, you know, follows you, check out your website. Um, if they need any of your services, I hope they reach out if need be. But I know you're going to do great. Thank you. I really you appreciate you having me on. Yes, you are so welcome. You are so welcome. And with that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Ain't nothing to it. Real one. Ain't nothing to it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Ain't none to it. Real one. Ain't none to it. Boss. Ain't none to it.